As always, it's always an honor, uh, always an honor and a privilege to, uh, to stand up here and f- fill the pulpit for Pastor Mark um, anytime that he, uh, he gives us that opportunity. But, um, you know, I just kind of want to uh, set, the, set the precedence for tonight. Uh, I just see you guys all as brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, and so I consider you family of all people. Uh, I, I just love the church body. When I hear of the church body, um, I truly think of one body, brothers and sisters in Christ. There should be no schisms in the body, although there is schism in the body sometimes. So um, I just want to kind of speak from my heart in that direction of just, you know, a little family meeting. So we got a little bit of uh, family business. Um, first, I just want to uh, remind you guys um, that we're going on, that we are doing prayer, right? We got corporate prayer going on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, Right? The uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much power, right? How many of you guys would like more power in your lives uh, this year? Amen. So we're getting together. Just want to remind you that we're getting together on Monday and Saturday nights at 7 o'clock, praying together, coming together as a body, keeping things moving, keeping that momentum moving forward. Um, So don't miss that uh, tomorrow night. And uh, again, on Saturday, and then uh, wanted to also let you guys know this is probably a, a little bit of opportunity just to uh, take uh, to uh, do a little plug for the department that I get to oversee, that Paige and I get to oversee, and that is small groups. We are excited about small groups this year. Um, how many of you are in a small group? I'm going to call you out. We're family. I'm calling you out now. All right, there's quite a few people. Um, there are a couple that are going on, and they are just wonderful. I hear uh, news and, and feedback every week that, uh, that they are just enjoying each other's fellowship. They're growing in the Word. They're growing in their relationship, which is our goal as small groups. Um, so we just want to let you guys know that are a couple that are coming up. You heard them if you were here this morning, um, that uh, the growth track uh, the NCC Growth Track is coming up in May. On May 6th, it is going to be at Thursday nights, 6.30 to 8.30 here at the property um, down at the, the NCC Youth Room. Um, we decided that this, this go-round, um, we would try to meet the need of child care. So if you need that and uh, would like to, to take that four-week uh, growth track for NCC, do come join us. We'll have uh, child care at the preschool. Your kids will be in uh, great hands, being taught the word and uh, having a great time there. And that's only four weeks starting May 6th. Um, and, uh, and then uh, also starting is biblical citizen, citizenship led by uh, Chris Bashus in Rifle. Um, and that is going to start on Wednesdays, May 5th. It's about an eight-week course. Just want to let you guys know that uh, that is kind of a, a dual um, put on kind of thing. We're going to do in-house study at Chris's house. There is going to be a limitation of 15 people that will be in attendance, and uh, which, praise God for Chris, that's a lot of people in your house, but uh, he's opening his home. And then uh, in conjunction with that curriculum, there is going to be a, a video. If you want to do it by video and just do it at your house, he's going to have a link. So if you're interested in doing that, um, I hear great reviews. It's a great history class of our nation, what our role is, like Pastor Tasha said this morning, like our role is uh, here uh, just being citizens from a biblical perspective. So if you have the opportunity to plug into that, I encourage you to do that. And then uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but I want to throw it out there a little bit because time goes by really fast. We are uh, also going to be doing uh, launching one called 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 by John Bevere um, that will be hosted by Casey and Amy Dunlap. That will start the first uh, part of June. We'll get more details on that. But that's what we got coming up in small groups. 
Um, so plug in, check the app. You can download them, buy that uh, in the app and sign up. That lets us know how many are coming, so do that. And then I've got one other thing I was asked to, uh, asked to do, and that is how many of you guys know Art and Betsy Knack? If you haven't, some of the sweetest people in the whole world. I mean, they're just, they're wonderful, wonderful people. But uh, Art is having some uh, back pain right now. He had um, some operations and stuff that went on. And uh, Betsy is taking care of him. And so they asked if we would take a few minutes and pray uh, over this prayer cloth for them for healing, um, for Art's healing, and then just strength and courage. Uh, Betsy is doing great. Uh, she is holding up by the Spirit of God in taking care of him. But uh, as always, she, you know, who wouldn't want a little more assistance from the Holy Spirit and the strength of angels from heaven? Amen. So if I could get a couple leaders, Jonathan, Pastor Shane, Pastor Jonathan, um, childlike faith, anybody with childlike faith, why don't you guys go ahead and stand up and uh, let's just extend our faith. Uh, shoot your hands out here. Let's uh, pray. Preach, come on up. Um, and let's just pray over this and, uh, and for, for art. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you that in Acts 19, uh, Father God, that uh, aprons and handkerchiefs, Father God, were, were laid on the Apostle Paul, Father God, that the anointing was so strong within his body, Father God, that, uh, that it saturated this cloth. So, Father, we just uh, extend our faith with Art and uh, Betsy, Father God, for healing that anointing would flow through their bodies right now, Father God, that there is no distance in faith. There is no distance for the healing, Father God, that the life of God resides on the inside of them. Father God, that the Holy Spirit is there, Father, ready to deliver healing uh, and health and wholeness, Father God, until their day where they go to meet you. But Father, that is a long time out. So Father, we need them strong, healthy. Father, we just pray for Art's back right now. Father God, that even as we pray, Father, that he will see results and he will start to feel the anointing flow through that body. Father God, and heal his back. Father, put him into 100% restoration, 100% wholeness. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for that. Father, we thank you for a good wife. Father, a great wife that is there by his side in times of trouble. Father, she's fulfilled her vows all these days, Father. So I just thank you for strength in these days, Father God, to be able to lift him. Father God, that it's not her, it's the angels of heaven, Father God, that are right by her side, lifting him, moving him, helping him as he heals and comes back to 100% whole, health and wholeness, Father. We just thank you, Father. We thank you that they are a part of the body here at NCC, Father God, and just extend our faith for that, Father. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. All right. Will you take that and bring it to the office? Thanks, Shane. All right. Well, that is uh, some family business. Um, like, we're, uh, like I said, we're so glad you guys came out on a Sunday evening. Uh, with us, so um, I got some uh, some things on my on my heart, Pastor Mark. About four weeks ago, um, which has been a little bit broken up, we've had an exciting last two weeks. But about four weeks ago, Pastor Mark started his evening series series on righteousness. Right? If you were here a few weeks ago, uh, he had he had launched that off, and he had made this statement that, that if we are going to go to the next level of faith, then we are going to have to gain a better understanding in redemption and righteousness. Amen. Our redemption. We need to know what it was that Jesus did for us on that cross. We need to gain a greater understanding of what he did, what he paid for on that cross for us in redeeming us unto him, right? And that redeeming us unto righteousness, right? 
that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And really, if we're going to go to the next level of faith, then we are going to have to gain an understanding of that. So that's what we're going to uh, just uh, continue on in a little bit tonight is that righteousness, that right standing that we now have if we have made Jesus the Lord and master of our life, that that righteousness of God that we have in him. Amen. And so we've been talking about a couple different things, right? We've been talking about the uh, sin consciousness, right? That if we're sin consciousness, um, right, that, it'll, that it'll, it'll always continue to hinder us. If we're always focused on, um, you know, what it is that we've done or what is it that uh, when something happens to us in our life, if something bad happens to us, is our first thought, um, wow, what did I do to deserve this, right? Where did I make the error? Where did I go wrong? What uh, avenue of disobedience, if you will, right? If that's our first thought, then sin consciousness is operating in our heart, right? And we want to move that over to our righteousness consciousness, right? Not what I have done, but what the blood of Jesus has done for me, right? What Jesus has done for us. We need to focus on that side far, far more than on sin. Instead of letting that, that sin always keep working in our hearts and in our souls, we want to be able to operate, really understand, and get a consciousness of it doesn't matter what I've done, it doesn't matter where I've been, what I've been through, if I've put my life under the blood of Jesus, I am in right standing with, with God. Amen? And so... Um, I just, uh, as I was thinking about this in staff meeting, uh, this last week, we, uh, we had been going through a couple different books and, uh, and it just kind of jumped up on one of the topics that we have. How many in here have bought a new car or a new car to you, right? Maybe you aren't, you haven't quite got that opportunity to buy brand new and have that smell, but if you bought a new car to you and maybe have you ever bought a new automobile of any kind that's like, Maybe it's the new model. It's one of the latest. You know, maybe it's a new body style. Um, and you're like, man, I got this. This is the first one out on the road, right? Nobody else has this. And uh, in, a, in 2007, um, yeah, 2007, um, we, I had the opportunity to buy the newest Tundra body style when they, when they uh, came out with the half-ton body style of the new Tundra. Um, we, we picked one up. And I remember, I remember really vaguely, and it's been, what, 15, 16 years ago now, but I remember real vaguely driving that around going, man, I don't see any other Tundras out here. Man, I got the first one, right? I mean, first one in the valley. And then all of a sudden, day two hits, and I'm like, there's one. And there's one, you know, every day that goes by, every week that went by, real shortly, pretty soon I was like, well, goodness sakes, everybody's got one, right? And that, that awareness of, wow, like what I didn't think was there, all of a sudden, because I owned one, I knew what it looked like, I knew the shape, the colors of them, right? All of a sudden, I saw them everywhere. And that's kind of what jumped up on the inside of me uh, this week as I was uh, thinking about righteousness and the righteousness consciousness of how easily that is that we, once we get an awareness of it and we see it all the time, pretty soon you see it all the time, right? I wouldn't have known a tundra. I wouldn't have seen a tundra. Didn't care to see a tundra until I owned one. Then I saw them everywhere, right? Why? Because we, we, we were aware of it. Right? And I believe that that's really that consciousness that, that, he, that we need to get with righteousness. 
that we just start, right? Mark Hankins, Mark Hankins says that it's one of the most misunderstood topics and misunderstood realities of the new birth is the righteousness. And yet it hinders our faith to going to the highest level. So I would assume I'm kind of a cause and effect logical thinker most of the time. And, and I just think, well, if that's one of the most misunderstood topics, we probably ought to invest a little time in learning it, right? Because everything hinges off that. That is the center of the gospel of Jesus is our righteousness in him. And so, uh, Mark Hankins, I love this. I got a couple quote, um, a couple quotes from him or a couple definitions. And he says that righteousness is a radical revelation, a revolutionary revelation. It is a reality that is produced for us by the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. right? A radical revelation, right? I'm a word guy. I'll be honest with you. When I hear new words, I mean, I've heard radical, you know, that was an old term, I don't know, 70s, 80s, where everything was radical, right? <laughs> everything, that's radical. That might have been before even my time. I'm not sure. But I remember that terminology being out there a lot, right? And, and, a, rev, and, and a revolutionary revelation. So I just want, I opened this up. I thought, you know what? The word radical, if he's calling it a radical revelation, then we probably ought to know what that means in a revolutionary revelation, right? Those are kind of big words. Those are, those are pretty big words. So this is what radical means. Um, it says, especially of change or action relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something far-reaching or thorough, right? Relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. So let that sink in. If righteousness is a radical revel uh, revelation, then it is a fundamental nature of something. We are that something, right? And then this is what revelation means. It says most, I mean, you know, other than the book at the end of the Bible, this is what it means, right? It says a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that is made known in a dramatic way, right? Is righteousness made known in a dramatic way to us? If we could grasp it with our, with our minds and our hearts, it says the making known of something that was previously secret or unknown. I really like that one. The making known of something that was previously secret. Is righteousness a secret to you or is it unknown to us? Right? That's, where I, that's what I think uh, Pastor Mark Hankins is saying is, is it's a revolution. Once you get this revelation that it's, it's unfolded to you, it'll change everything about your Christian life. And it says it's also used to emphasize the surprising or remarkable quality of someone or something. Man, I love that, right? The making known of something that, or I'm sorry, used to emphasize the surprising or remarkable quality of someone or something. How many of you would like to be known as the remarkable quality of righteousness? Amen. Amen. That would be, I mean, that is something to aspire for. That is something there. And then this is the one, this is the last one. It says, the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating, relating to human existence or the world. Isn't that good? The divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something relating to human 
existence, right? In other words, it's coming from the divine. And he is trying to reveal that and disclose to us as humans this righteousness, right? So it's a radical. It's something that is fundamentally going to be exposed to us as human beings, that it is our remarkable or distinguished quality. Amen? And so um, uh, there's, a couple, there's a couple definitions that I don't know, I can't remember exactly if I got them in Bible school or who they came from, but it's, it's something that, uh, it's a, it was an easy way for me to remember what righteousness really was. Um, and then just because I work with some uh, amazing spirit-filled young men, um, I'm kind of stealing his mission statement. But I, I, it just connected, it hit me in the heart, and I was like, you know what? That is truly a mission statement according to righteousness um, that, I, that I want to take to. So I'm going to get into that. That's going to be the meat and potatoes of the message tonight. And this is the definition that, that I know of righteousness to be. It's a right relationship or right standing with God, right? Um, right character and right living actions or behavior, right? Right, right relationships, right relationships. So I've learned over the course of, uh, over the course of time, I guess, and the time teaching youth and whatever, that I find myself, every time that I find myself putting together a message, every time I find my, myself together studying something, that it's always seems to be uh, progressional, right? Like when I study the, the core values or the mission statement of NCC, I always find it's a cause and effect, right? For most of you, if you know the, the, uh, the uh, vision of New Creation Church of uh, every, member in their, every member in their place, see the glory of God, possess the land, to me, that's progressional, right? When everybody gets, in the, uh, everybody gets in their place, the place that God's called them to, the place they're gifted and they're talented for, um, where God's anointed them, when they all get in that place, there will be a greater glory on that area, right? The glory of God will shine brighter. It'll be more effective, right? The more people that are in their place. When that happens, what else can we expect? We can possess the land. Amen. That's why I love the vision of New Creation Church. That's why I love the core values that we have um, is because I see this progression, right? Our mission statement, love, lift, and reach. I kind of mix that up because it's not progressional, right? That's what, so it's, it's like it, that's just slightly out of order for me, so I kind of switched the last two, right? Love, reach, lift, right? We love with the love of God so much that that per, uh, propels us to reach out and lift those up out of wherever they are, right? It's progressional. That's, that's just my way of thinking. So when I looked at this definition of righteousness, that's what it is, right? A right relationship builds right character, which in turn causes right living or right actions and behavior. And so I just wanted to go through these uh, a little bit tonight, some things that stood out. Um, so we're going to start with a right relationship or a right standing with God. Right, And so uh, the mission statement that uh, came to me is, one, is having a right relationship with God. Right? This, is, this, was, this, was his, this was his mission statement. Have right relationship with God, right relationship with people, right relationship with myself, and right relationship with things. 
Amen. And so I just want to go through a couple of scriptures. One, having a right relationship with God. What does that look like? Right? Um, and the one, one aspect is, is know that he is God. So if you'll turn with me, most of you guys know this, turn with me to a, a Hebrews 11, verse 6. And uh, stay in faith that the Gen Xer can run the uh, technology and it will cooperate with me tonight. Because I got, I, got I got a lot of scripture that I want to share, but uh, Hebrews 11.6 says, says this. I'm going to read most of mine out of the New Living Translation. It says, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren, she was too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. That is not the right scripture. You guys did not pray hard enough. I mean, the first one, seriously? Why did I write that one down? All right, well, I may not know the exact address, but I know what the scripture says. Maybe it was the wrong translation. Aha, yes, that is right. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? So a right relationship, one of the first aspects of a right relationship with God is, is you have to first believe that he is, Come on. right? How many people have we encountered? How many people do we go through uh, in, our, in our daily, weekly walk that don't even believe God exists, yep. let alone a God who uh, will reward us for diligently seeking him, right? And so what, first aspect, know that he is God, Right? That he is God. I just think about that. I mean, I think there's, there is good terminology. I mean, I love to think of Jesus as friend, love to think of him as brother. But first and foremost, if you, we lose that aspect that God is God and we are not, right? And he is the creator of everything that is, right? The universe is everything that's in that, that he is God. And he could do anything. He could squash us like a bug if he so chose to, right? He has that kind of power. If we lose that perspective and lose the fact that he is God, then that's not going to be a right relationship with him. Amen? Um, second part of that one is submitted wholeheartedly. Ephesians 5.24. Wholeheartedly. And I'm going to read a, a, quite a bit out of Ephesians because when we get down into right relationship with people, um, most of you guys know this, but... It, it does jump out. Ephesians 5, uh, 24 says this. As the church submits to Christ, so you, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. And so I know we know that that scripture, I know that that scripture really is a dealing with the relationship between husbands and wives in which we'll talk in just a minute. But there's, there's those, those key words to me that jumped out that says, as the church submits to Christ. Right? The church. Are we a part of the church? Are we the, are we the, we the church of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Right? How many of us are submitted to his lordship? Right? I, I, I really love the fact of, you know, like when people come and they come to know the Lord, they call him Savior, but this, that isn't the struggle, it doesn't seem like. The struggle seems to be more of the master side, right? The Lord. I'm going to call him Lord and master of my life. Lord and Savior is easy. Lord and Master, whole different ballgame, right? That means you got to do things his way, 
right? So to have a right relationship with God, we have to be fully submitted wholeheartedly to his way of doing things, right? The word says, if you love me, you'll do things my way. I love that translation. I love that the way that that minister said that in those words of, it just makes it easier, right? Commands mess people's minds up. But if you just think, if we love somebody, right, is even husband and wife, and they have a better way of doing things, why would we not do it that way, right? If we love somebody, we will do things their way if it's the best way possible. Amen? So second part of that, submitted wholeheartedly. We must know that God is, and we must submit to him wholeheartedly. Uh, The third one is believe God, right? Believe God. Believe what Jesus did on the cross for you, and it's accounted to you as righteousness, right? And that just rose up of, of Abraham and Sarah, right? When he believed God, when we believe God, he can do anything right? It's where our faith lies. When we, when we put our belief, our trust, our reliance, our adherence to him, it not only pleases him, but it's, it's a part of the right relationship, right? When we believe him, he can do anything in us, through us, for us, um, and through us, and it makes the relationship right. Amen? And so, um, and then uh, fourth one that came to me was, if you're going to have a right relationship with God, Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that's Luke 10, 27, right? If we're going to love, love God first, right? Put him first. Put him in the proper place on our life. Put him on the throne of our lives where he belongs, where he should sit, right? But we should love him above everyone else, above anything else. Love him with everything that we are, with our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. Amen? Um, And then the second one is uh, having a right relationship with people. Now, how many of you like people? (laughs) I only got about a 50% return on that question. So um, for you guys, you can go ahead and check out the other 50% of you that didn't raise your hand and participate. Let's, let's uh, spend some time here, right? So let me ask you this. In the last year, year and a half, have you found it difficult in dealing with people in general? Not, we don't need to name names. But has it become harder to be around people? Have you seen a pressure come from people? Have you seen a behavior come from people that is maybe slightly irritating, largely irritating, somewhat annoying, um, downright strange, maybe, right? If anything in the last year and a half, at least from my perspective, that COVID has done, the pressure and just the whole different atmosphere, it has really brought what was in people out. Good, bad, or indifferent, it has brought, right? And you hear that, I've heard that all, all the time. You really don't know who you are and really what's on the inside of you until you're squeezed a little bit tight, right? And then what you really get, I mean, I'll be the first one to raise my hand and go, man, there's still a lot of old man in there when pressure really hits or things really get, you know, boy, I'm telling you what, yep, it just, I'm like, man, I thought I dealt with him. I thought I crucified him. I thought I put him to rest permanently, but man, he, he come alive well today, right? And so... Our, I believe that part of the righteousness, the right standing with God, is going to be um, our relationship with people. 
and how we respond as the church. Um, Pastor Mark has said this, and I think it's been around for the church world, that you know what? This is the year of the church, right? This is the year of the church. But how is it going to be the year of the church if none of us can deal with people, right? At New Creation Church, our core values, uh, our top two are God and people, right? It's easy to deal with God sometimes because he's not in your face all day, right? And he's got... He can, he can deal with us a lot, a lot easier, but people are in your face all day, right? They're saying things, they're doing things, right? So our relationship, um, our relationship with people, I believe, is going to be critical in this year if we are going to rise up as the church and the body and actually be different, be different, okay? So let's go through this. We know this. Um, let's start where it hits us all, um, wives and husbands, Wives and husbands, you guys ready? All right, and we all know, but I want you to draw out of this, all right? So let's turn to Ephesians uh, chapter 5. Uh, we're going to read 21 through 33, um, and it says this. It says, and, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord, and for, the husband, for, the, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. And all the husbands said, I was weak, man. Man. That's because you know what, that's what you, because you know what follows after that, right? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Wiser. The men are wise, right? Why? Because verse 25, here's where it is for the husbands. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Amen? So that deals with that. How many of us, um, how many of us are hitting that one on the head? Right? Are we, are we killing that one? Are we spending time in that one, meditating on that? Are we, uh, are we first and foremost, are we as husbands submitted to Christ? Do we have the right relationship with God to where we're submitted to his lordship so that our wives can actually submit in, um, in our leadership at the home, right? And are, are we doing that in turn to be able to have our wives be able to love and honor and respect us back, right? That's right relationship between, between husbands and wives, right? That we're submitted to one another. Uh, he doesn't just say, you know, the wife submits. He says right in 21, further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, which means both husband and wife need to submit, right? So right standing, right relationship with our, with our spouses, right? I love this one. Um, if we're going to move on down the family tree, parents to children, 
and children to parents, right? Jump down just a little bit of verses uh, to Ephesians 6. Um, It says this. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your uh, father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. Now, I know all of our youth have uh, went down uh, to the youth room, but are we, are we, um, are our children honoring us as parents, right? And this is where I think that, that uh, verse four is where I think he gets into why they wouldn't. And it says, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, right? Are we guilty of that as parents of provoking our children to wrath? My, my, my youngster, youngest, is in the room, so we won't ask him specifically <laughs> if that be the case. But I know on, on occasion, I have provoked my children to wrath, right? They didn't lash back very much, but I know that there has been times where all of a sudden the Spirit of God rose up on the inside of me and was like, you are making them mad for no other reason. You are arising the anger on the inside, and that is not a good and healthy right relationship with your children, right? With our, uh, with our wives, with our, with our deals. And then children, I think, would honor and respect more and be more apt to respect and keep that right relationship with us as parents if, if that was going on consistently. Amen? And then uh, uh, love your neighbors. Love your neighbors as ourselves, as ourselves right? Luke 10, 27 is where, we'll find, uh, where we find that one. Um, I never really thought about uh, how fast I had to flip through the device when I wrote all these scriptures down. Right, we read this, read this before. It says, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right? This one, and then uh, we'll just jump to the next one, because uh, to one of the uh, to one of the others, because uh, that scripture still applies, right? A right relationship with ourselves. How many of us? How many of us uh, have that right relationship with ourselves? Right? How many can say, "I love my neighbors. I love myself." Do we uh, love ourselves? In a, in a godly, healthy manner to where we uh, think of ourselves enough to, that we can think of our neighbor like that, right? Love the neighbor as yourself. Um, and then uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Uh, Romans 13, 9. Romans 13, 9. Real quick, right? Our brothers and sisters. I think this one's really important. Um, I, I talk with... Uh, with my, uh, with my maintenance team a lot about the church body because for me, church and family, one of our core values is family, right? Which means our immediate family, but not just our immediate uh, spouses, kids, aunts, uncles, mothers, fathers, but our church family, right? And I think that this one is just as important because if, there, if we, don't, we don't keep that right relationship with them, then schism gets in the body a lot. Um, and it's all perspective. If you don't, we don't look around, and, 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 I, and I don't see Vanessa as my sister in Christ, um, 
that I'm going to treat her differently, right? Or I'm going to say things about her that, that I may not do if I actually saw her as a, a sister that I loved and cared for, right? And that's just was, was one of those things that for me is maybe, maybe easier because I just view the body as such a tight-knit family. So it does stir up in me quite a bit when the body's not getting along, when, when the, body's not say, or the body's saying things about others that are, that are in the church. I, it just kind of confuses my mind a lot of like, Man, they, do they know them? Do we, do we see what's going on? Are we viewing them in that light of, they're my brother and sister. If they, I'm not saying there's not going to be problems. I'm not saying there's not going to be issues that need to be dealt with. But what does the word say? Go talk to them, right? Go work it out. Don't just talk behind the back. Don't just say things, right? Because that's not, that's not a right relationship, and it's not going to build a right relationship. And the world does that, right? If we're going to stand out, we're going to be different than the world we need to be able to talk differently. We need to be able to see our brothers and sisters differently in Christ, right? And so Romans 13, 9 says this is, for the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbors yourself. Love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. And it just, it just jumped out to me. You know what? If you, uh, he says, don't murder, don't do adultery, you know, don't covet, don't be mean. Why? Because those are things you wouldn't do to your neighbor. You shouldn't do to your neighbor, right? A neighbor that you love, your brother, your sister that you love, you shouldn't, you shouldn't act that way. That's not the right behavior. Amen. And so uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ, um, and then uh, back up in Ephesians, uh, and then this is uh, employers and employees, right? We got to have right relationship. If we're going to have right relationship with people, these are going to be some of the toughest, right? Our employers and our employees. And that's Ephesians 6, 5. 5. It says slaves. Slaves are employees. Obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward you, uh, reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Then he talks about masters. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, both of you have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites, right? Working with, pe- working with people, having the right relationship with people is going to be at the workplace, right? Whether you're the employer, you're the employee, we need to, to keep that in mind that we work. If we're the employee, we work with all our hearts, with enthusiasms for our employer to benefit them, to grow their business, to, to put their name out, to, to give them a good name in the community, right? And as employees, uh, employers, that we do the same back, right? That we respect, that we honor those people who are, are, are doing the job for us, that, we, that they're working and moving forward, right? It keeps that right relationship uh, with people, right? So whether it's the body, whether it's your family, whether it's your kids, whether it's your wife, whether it's uh, the people you work for or work with, right? That relationship, that right relationship starts with our right relationship with God first, and, and that should move out into the relationships with the people around us, right? And so uh, having a right relationship with myself, um, that one's just, uh, it really does, or 
It just comes to me that, you know what, you got to love your neighbor as yourself. You can't give what you don't have, right? If you're going to love your neighbor, you're going to love anybody, you got to first have love to give, right? If you don't love yourself, if you don't uh, think at least a little bit about yourself, that you're, you know, you're, you're a little higher than scum on the bottom of the barrel, what do you have to give to somebody else? How are you going to love somebody else with, if you don't have it, right? So you can't give what you don't have. Um, and then uh, having uh, the, a right relationship with things, right? Matthew 6.33, I think, sums that up the, the best. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, uh, I do want to read it just so I don't mess it up. But uh, I, 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 I love this portion of scripture. I think it's probably one of the easiest, easiest things, right? It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need, right? That puts it in the priority system of, you know what, if you'll seek God, if you have the right relationship with him first, right, and you seek him, and then you seek his righteousness the way he does, the right standard that he has for our lives, um, then he'll give you everything you need, and things won't own you, right? You won't chase things. You won't chase the dollar. You won't um, you won't let the dollar run your life. Um, I think Tim Redman uh, says it the best. He says, uh, money makes a great follower, but a terrible leader, Come on. right? And that's what happens. If you don't have a right relationship with the things in the world, worldly things, possessions, they will own you and it will put everything out of whack. Amen. All right. So let's jump to the second part. It is really amazing how fast time goes. Um, but uh, let's jump to uh, right character right? So we got right relationship with God, right standing with God as a part of our righteousness, our right character. It's God's character, right? And I just, it rose up. It's, it's God's DNA that is flowing through us, right? When we give our lives to Jesus, right? And he, and we are born again, it's not our DNA anymore. It's his DNA that is flowing through our veins, right? The blood of Jesus is flowing through us, um, and so um, the fruit of the Spirit, I like this, uh, as I had the discussion this week, right? I like this definition, fruit, the fruit. Fruit is something that is developed or grown, right? Gifts are something that is given and maximized, right? And so if you think about the fruit of the Spirit, we got to grow in that, right? We gotta, we've got to mature and grow in the fruit. But righteousness is not a fruit. It's a gift from God, right? So the very, the very essence of that is, is uh, yes, we can, we can grow in our understanding, but we cannot get any more righteous than we are the day we're saved, right? So we'll grow in that. But right character, if we're going to grow in the right character and we have the right relationship of God and that, and that DNA is flowing through our veins and we're studying, then we are going to grow in the fruit of the Spirit, Right? We are going to grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and that uh, we can look, you can look up Galatians 5, 22 and 23 uh, to know that. You guys all know that. Most of you are walking it. Most of us are, are growing in the, in, the, uh, in the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and God's, uh, I think I already mentioned this. God's gift of righteousness is complete from the moment you give your life over to him and make him your Lord and Savior. Mark Hankins, I love this quote. It's in his uh, uh, Spirit-Filled Scripture Guide. It says, God has made us 100% righteous in Christ. 
You cannot be 25, 50, 75, or even 90% righteous in Christ. You have been made 100% righteous, right? 100% from the day you accepted Jesus. You're not partially. We're not, uh, we're not a little bit of righteous. You are. We are the righteousness of, of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? And so... Uh, the right character, the right character, and then uh, right living or actions, right? This is the third thing. If we have that relationship with God, if we are walking in the righteous, we understand that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and we're operating by that. It should affect our character, right? And, and uh, bad character uh, corrupts, or, or bad company corrupts good character, right? And so if you have good character, you're going to be living right, I would hope, right? I would hope, right? And you're going to have right actions, right behavior. And uh, uh, this, uh, I'm, I must be a quote guy because I got a lot of quote notes in here. But uh, we, we learned this quote in Bible school. It says, if you don't know who you really are, then you will act like someone you are not. Right, that awareness of righteousness in our lives. If you don't know you are in right standing, God, you will act like you are not. Yes. Right, Amen. So we got to know that. We got to know that we are that, so that we act like someone that we are. Amen. And uh, I wanted to share this um, this uh, uh, passage out of this book and. Um, I highly recommend, if you guys haven't got it, if you're going to study righteousness while we're going through this, this series with Pastor Mark, um, Pastor Mark Hankins left this book, Divine Approval. Um, it's real easy to read, a lot of confession, just a lot of righteousness scriptures. Um, you can get it in the bookstore, but, uh, but it's a, an amazing book um, just to, to get that down on the inside of you, right? Um, and that is uh, based on that now. Where is that? Right there. It's, he's talking about shame here, and so it has to do with uh, living right in actions or behavior. And he says this. It's called Free from Shame. It says, in the book, The Complete Life Encyclopedia, Christian psychologists uh, Mirnith, Mir, and Arberburn say this about human behavior. He says, shame is the issue that drives almost every compulsive, self-defeating behavior known to the human race. Shame is at the root of all addiction. Whether it is an eating addiction, spending addiction, drug addiction, or approval addiction, it may be forgotten, hidden, or disguised, but the shame is there. It is real, and it drives behavior. In counseling, it is sometimes the shame that surfaces first. In other cases, the addiction surfaces first, surfaces first. but shame and addiction always go together. Whether we encounter, where we, whenever we encounter one, we always look for the other. Shame and addiction can always be found together. How are you going to get rid of shame if the gospel of Jesus Christ can get rid of the root of shame in your life? Then it can change your behavior, right? So I, I, that's where I think it really sealed the deal on, on the flow of it. If we have that right relationship with God and we are living right and we have his character and we start living right, it drives out that shame. If shame truly is the cause of all that kind of destructive behavior, 
the righteousness of God and understanding it and applying it and confessing it daily will drive that out and that behavior will go away. Amen? Amen. Um, and then, uh, so like, like I've said probably a ton of times, right relationship produces right character and right character will produce the right behavior and the right living. Amen? And so uh, I just kind of, as I was uh, meditating on this, uh, this afternoon especially, I just couldn't, couldn't get rid of it, couldn't get rid of the, uh, the, the unction that, you know what, there might be some in here that are dealing with any one of those aspects, right? Maybe, maybe you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe your relationship with God is not quite right. Maybe you've pushed him off. Maybe you've had him at arm's length most of your life. Maybe you've denied him uh, to man and to, to yourself, right? Maybe there's, maybe there's aspects of, your, of, of the character, of your character that you uh, have not dealt with, right? Maybe you've backslidden. Maybe we've made mistakes. Um, or maybe we don't have right relationship with some of the people that are in our lives uh, right now, whether it be our wives, our spouses, our employers, our kids, Right? Maybe some of us are, 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 are getting spoken to by the Holy Spirit tonight about, you know what, if we set this out and we let this go, right? maybe some of us aren't living right, and we know that. I think that's a, a big key is I think the Holy Spirit will just jump up on the inside of you and go, you know better, right? G- a gentle nudge, you know better. I've redeemed you from this, right? I've saved you from this. I've pulled you out of this. Right, and so as I was just thinking, I just thought it would be a good uh, a, a good way to end tonight to just take a few minutes and just get quiet with God, you know, let Him speak to our heart about this righteousness, this right standing that we have with Him, and where we might be lacking, where we need to grow, where we need to get revealed on, um, and it brought forth, right, it brought out of that secret place of like we're not dealing with it. I've made you right and start to walk in a higher road. So I think why Carrie plays for just a minute, if you guys want to stand, you want to sit. Um, but I just uh, would like to take just a few minutes, um, just get quiet before the Lord, and, uh, and just ask him, you know what, maybe, maybe Lord, what is, it, what is it that you're showing me? What is it that you brought uh, forth from this message? What is it that I need to lay down at the altar tonight, Father God, that I can let that go? And just let it release, that I could walk, that I would gain greater understanding in the righteousness. Father God, that we would know you. Oh, Lord, that we would know you. Father God, that we would come into that right relationship with you. Father, if there's not any here, if there's one here, Father, that doesn't have that, just speak to their heart. Even tonight, Father God, that they would know that you are real. Father God, that you loved us so much. Oh, Father, that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die, to die that horrible death. Take the beating that he did to heal our bodies. Oh, Father, that we would put our trust in you. Lord God, I thank you, Lord. Speak to us tonight, Father God. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see. Lord God, that if our, uh, our relationship isn't right with you, Father, that if our character is off, how would we become the church? How will we represent you to your fullest, the right representation of you, Father God? Oh, help us speak. Help us see, Father God, that we have your character. We have your DNA in it. 
oh, flowing through our veins, Father God, that we don't have to live below that. We don't have to live below what the blood of Jesus has bought and paid for us tonight. Father, that if we've been living not quite to your standard, Father God, if we've been uh, not living right morally, not living right in what you have for us, Father, I just ask, Lord, speak to our heart. Father, get quiet with us, Father. Speak by the Holy Spirit tonight. Oh, that we would, that we would come into that relationship, that awareness, that we would focus, Father God, on, on you, our righteousness in Christ Jesus. Oh, Father, that our self-righteousness is not but filthy rags to you. It's what you've done. It's what the blood of Jesus and what you've done on the cross has done. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for that. We thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are so good. Oh, your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Oh, you are so good, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for making us the righteousness of God. Oh, by your blood. Lord, let us not devalue. Let us not uh, put it underfoot, Father. Let us, let us not think less of it than it really is. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for that. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that there isn't anyone here that doesn't know you, Father, that has not made you Lord and Savior of their life, Father God, that you would just speak to them. Father, just help us. Let us not go another day, Father God, without knowing you in these times. So I thank you, Lord, for it. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, thank you. You are so good. Oh, you are so good. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Oh, Brokashti thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord do you have anything else for us Father oh Lord if anyone's dealing with shame and regret tonight Father God release that release that tonight Oh, Father, show them that you love them. Show them that they are worthy. Oh, Father, that they were worthy of the blood of Jesus. That your love was so great. Father, that you desire relationship with them. Oh, Father, open our eyes. Open our eyes tonight to the righteousness. That right standing in you. Oh, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, I hope you guys got a little something tonight. Um, and out. thanks for uh, being patient and waiting, listening. Um, if, uh, if anyone made that decision tonight for the first time, uh, there'll be altar workers up here. Come uh Come tell them. They got a little gift, a little, some books to you to help you walk in that uh, new relationship with God. Um, or if you're dealing with, a need in, or dealing with anything, need prayer for anything, they would love to pray for you. And they're mighty prayers.
the ones that are up here. So take advantage of that. Um, go ahead and stand up. And I think that's what we got for tonight. We'll say this as we go. What God did in Christ Jesus, what God did in Christ Jesus. Far, exceeds. far exceeds. Any damage done to me? By Adam's fall. Make it a great week. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being a part of the body. Be the light. I tell that on take 10. Go be the light.